Hi, I'm Gerds Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Inspired with Gerds podcast. I'm your host and today I have two special guests with me who grab my attention on social media. They're just amazing at what they do and I just love their energy and understanding about life and just being connected to oneself. Twins Hanoon and Sukman Gowal are breaking the mould with their British Sikh identity and believe it's important to feed their soul as it is to feed their stomach. They help other Indian women through their blog where they channel their creative visions. They understand what it's like to break through the mould. Hanoon and Sukman, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. Bless you guys. Well, your upbringing really interests me. So could you tell the listeners what your upbringing was like, having been raised by a single parent in a very Indian environment? Um, okay, so our mother, she, um, has been raised, she raised us basically in an environment which was very encouraging that women were allowed to, us particularly as girls, were allowed to do anything. Um, there was no kind of barrier or limits to what we could do. Um, and that she very much said that if, Anyone tells that you can't do something because you're a girl, do it anyway. <laughs> um, in terms of like uh, the single parent thing, so um, our parents, they went through divorce only, I think, seven years ago now. So although our father was in our life, we lived together as one family, he only actually physically moved out about seven years ago. So it's quite, wow. you know, in our early 20s, really. Um, but on the outside, of course, many people in the fam- uh, community, rather, they assumed that everything was, you know, uh, happy families behind closed doors wasn't the case so when he did eventually leave about seven to eight years ago um you know there was a lot of conversation about whose fault it was why did he leave mm. um maybe you know it must have been the woman as called you know of course that's a natural reaction that many people have um and yeah there was a lot of people in the community that were saying things that were was quite hurtful um especially in the idea that it's definitely the woman yeah, I would have done. Yeah, there was something. a lot of sort of um, responsibility being, you know, like suggestions that the responsibility was, um, or the fault rather, was my, our mother's fault, you know. Um, mm. And, yeah, we weren't saying it directly, but it, it was still helpful to know that, you know, people still think like this, that if anything goes wrong in a family, it must be because the woman didn't try hard enough. That mentality sadly still exists today. And there were a few comments from people that we know quite well um, who actually said things like, well, maybe as the mother and the wife, you could have tried harder to <gasps> and things like that. And those comments, honestly, like, what do you say in that scenario? You know, it's not your place, anyone's place to, to firstly ask a question like that and certainly not our mothers to justify anything or explain anything beyond that. So, yeah. Um, on that note as well, in terms of our upbringing, um, we were raised in a very sort of spiritual um environment as well um, and our mother often told us stories of um, you know coming from the Sikh history of, of women um, for example you know my father 
a famous Sikh uh, warrior. Mm -hmm. And at night time, she'd tell us these stories of her bravery. And that, you know, was her way of saying that you can achieve anything as well. Don't let the fact that, you know, your girls and your gender get in the way of those things. She was very, very encouraging to us that, you know, if anyone says, you're a girl, you can't do it, you should always try and prove them wrong. Um, so we've had that instilled in us from a very, very young age. Wow. It was interesting that you said how society perceives that it's always a woman's fault. And mm. I find it really odd why it's still in the Asian community that they still do that. It's Even though we've moved forward so much in, in time, we still seem to be going backwards in when it comes to families and relationships. I think, you know, as much as we move forward in terms of, um, you know, society being, you know, allowing women to work and, um, you know, have a home as well and go and study and whatnot, Unfortunately, when it comes to the realm of women's responsibilities um, at, home. at home, she still very much has to be that woman who, yeah, you've got a degree, yeah, you're able to earn so much, but actually... She's still considered subordinate in, subordinate in the home environment in that respect. So those values, um, I don't think they've really been shed, to be honest, um, which is why it's quite starting to hear and see some um, such, such comments that, you know, the ones that our mum received, even in this day and age, so... Hmm. Uh, what, yeah. One thing I have seen, like a common trend, um, is that it's just something that I had a viewpoint recently about, is that a lot of Asian women don't have self-worth. And that stems from their mothers and mothers of generation where they didn't know better to, you know, self-love themselves because they've always been, you know, been at, the, been at home. They've had to be also breadwinners. They've got to look after the family. They've got to basically do everything. Um, I think there's partly the reason for it as well is that before a woman became independent, as, as we're seeing that happening on, you know, on a much larger scale now, there was this notion that, okay, if you step out of line, or you disrespect your husband or whoever it may be, then you're on your own because he was, you know, she was dependent on him in that way. Mm. Um, and also I think um, the, the woman carries this concept of, is it, which is called yeah. honour. It's a very strong notion in the um, South Asian community. It still exists today. It has from very, very long time, centuries back, that anything a woman does, she steps out of line. That um, disgrace, if you like, will mm -hmm. fall on her family. Her father will bear the, the brunt of that. Her husband, her in-laws, you know, they feel ashamed. Um, so that the woman carries a lot of burden, a lot of pressure in that sense that she can't, you know... Um, sort of step out of line or behave just to conduct her way uh, conduct herself in in a, in a way that pleases respectful yeah, way and yeah. you know um, a way that is it makes the family proud there's so much pressure that is put on a woman so it's completely <laughs> unbelievable you know and at the same time i think women do rise to the occasion um and it's almost as if if there is a problem happening in your house uh you know with your marriage whatever it is you don't make a big issue about it you, know, you just kind of stay silent and you just try and make it work um, even if you're suffering on the inside. And we've seen that, as you're aware, in the South Asian community, you know, domestic violence, yeah. um, emotional abuse, all kinds of things. Because women are afraid to talk about it because they of this whole ism, this notion of ism. Yeah. Um, because she, she's been raised to think that if anything goes wrong... She carries the family's yeah. honour and um, sort of respect, you know, on her show. Um, yes, things people don't really talk about, but, yeah, very much is still, you know, alive and kicking today. Gosh. So, Hanu, I wanted to ask you, what was it like having your mother perform your wedding ritual? 
I'm going to be honest with you. Our um, elder sister actually got married four years before I did, and my um, our mother, <laughs> um, she she performed the Bala ceremony then as well. Mm. And at that time, a lot of the um, the women mainly who were at the wedding and, and witnessed it. They came up to mum afterwards and they said, we're so proud of you for doing that. Oh. And we wouldn't be able to have done something. And a lot of them said, you know, we were so emotional watching that because we know how much that meant for us and for the community. And what we've been through, they, um, you know, they empathised with us. They, they, they were really proud of her. So when it came to my wedding, there's no question about, you know, um, who was going to do it because... She has sort of played both those roles. She's been there. Mm. I wouldn't really need to think of who else is going to do it. She is the most important person that has carried out her job as a mother. And some degree, she has had to try and be well. So um, she deserves that honour in, in my, my view. That's really beautiful. And how did like, the men behave? You know, once they saw that, what was their kind of response um, they did know, actually. Um, oh, okay. They In my sister's wedding, they, I mean, it, we didn't sort of talk about it openly and have a discussion of this is how it's going to be. It just it just happened, the same with mine uh, as well. It wasn't, like, um, something that needed to be discussed. They knew. Um, they were proud as well of her. They knew that, you know, um, you know our cousins, our brother-in-laws, they knew exactly what we'd all been through and they expected her to do that. They expected her to do it at my sister's. They expected her to do it at mine. And, you know, going back to your question of how did it make me feel, um, in that moment, like, for anyone who's a bride, anyone, even a groom for that matter, who's been married, you know the whole wedding day is a bit of a blur. But that <laughs> one moment, um, for me, it, it, I know how much it meant for my mum. So it, it sticks out for me as one of the most sort of um, memorable moments of the wedding. And just before the Gyanni, the priest, said, okay, now you can place the Bala, the um, ceremonial sash, into my hand. I felt all sorts of emotions in that moment. My, I, you know, everything, you know, my whole life from, you know, from very young age up until now, just, I was having these sort of um, images in my mind flashing through, like, okay, wow, this is a really momentous, pivotal moment right now. And I knew how much, sort of, my, how important it was to my mom and the pressure she was feeling and as she placed it in my hand I was proud of her um, and I was like you know what mom you, you've done something so great here and I was um, you know I was glad that all these people were there to witness it because at the end um, they all came up to her again and they said it's such an amazing thing that you've done and the fact that the whole world responded to it the way that they did shows that I think it shows two things first we're not really moving progressively as much as we think that we are because if we were they would not have reacted that way mm. it's clearly something that's not the norm and things that are not the norm have such a reaction um so you know a lot of people after that said oh we're, we're going to do the same thing now <laughs> so yeah and i knew in that moment she'd done something extremely inspiring um it, i just felt that i can't put it into words but i knew i just felt okay this is you know so, you know just very very proud of her and oh. um, so Madit, you're both the founders of the Gariwal Twins blog. Can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, so Gariwal Twins is basically our little space that we, our digital space that we retreat to after our, um, you know, working nine to five, nine to five 
the cycle that I divide <laughs> all week. And um, yeah, I mean, we've always been creative ever since we were children, and it's something that's uh, stayed with us. So, you know, when we went to university, um, I studied history and Hanu studied politics. And as you can imagine, they're not very creative degrees. But, um, you know, there was there was a part of us that thought, okay, now we have to go to the real world and get a job. But we, we don't want to let that creative side go. We still want to, you know, um, do projects, um, sing, take photographs, write, that kind of thing. So we decided to have an outlet, which was the Gary Wild Twins blog. So I was basically our Saka baby, joint baby, where we just kind of share and express ourselves creatively. What kind of responses have you kind of received from people? In terms of the blog? Yeah. You mean? Um, yeah, a lot of people have uh, responded very positively to it. You know, they, um, you know, we have this feature, uh, a weekly feature that they all really appreciate called Music Monday. So mm. once a week on a Monday evening, we'll share, um, you know, a song, and most of it, majority of it, is Punjabi songs, um, which we sing, and um, yeah, that's got the most sort of attraction on on the blog. That particular feature, we share um, uh, reviews of restaurants that we've been to. Um, books as well we did our travel um, diaries as well so many things that just interest us and you know a lot of people they reach out to us and sometimes they even say hey can you recommend a good restaurant you know <laughs> this one guy I think was you know looking for a nice place to take his girlfriend out on date night and he asked us yeah. can you give us some suggestions so it's nice to know yeah. that they, you know our recommendations are valued in that way and mm-hmm. um, and a bit of pressure as well. It's like, well, hopefully you like this recommendation and your girlfriend likes it too. So, yeah. And I, I guess, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's nice when you when we are doing something we love and we enjoy and then there's mm. positive feedback. It just kind of makes it. It's like the icing on the cake kind of thing, you know. Um, so, yeah. Can, can, can you guys tell us what, like, gender equality means to the both of you individually? Okay. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> so, for me... Um, I think I think uh, gender equality is respecting differences. Um, it's not it's not just about women supporting women. I think men have a as much as a role as women to play. Women play in um, you know supporting equality in gender. How often they get left out of, of the picture. You know um, when we hear the word feminist, for example, mm. a lot of people get afraid of this word maybe because it's been used so much and we, we don't know what it means anymore but it's not it's nothing that you know you should be afraid of um and i think when it's used a lot of men they feel alienated you know um and for me it's including them as well them celebrating those guys because there are they do exist there are guys that support women the support um the, you know their women being empowered and for me um you know it's about celebrating those men who support those women and celebrating those women who do empower themselves and other people as well. Hmm. I was going to just say, it's, I find fem- feminism quite interesting because isn't feminism supposed to be that it's equality for both? And I think that's where sometimes yeah. people get it muddled yeah. up. <laughs> I think, obviously, in its roots, that's what it was intended to mm. be. But over time, um, you know, some people possibly have, they're probably now afraid of that term because they've seen that perhaps there are some women out there who aren't inclusive with their views and probably like bash men in the process, um, verbally rather. <laughs> so they, they feel that, okay, any man or woman who may feel, well, that doesn't sound inclusive to me. Mm. So perhaps it's not been used um, in a welcoming light. And 
but of course, in its intention, it's very uh, intentional feminism. It is about equality. Mm. Um, it's just being kind of misconstrued along the way in the way that people use this term, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. And I wanted to talk to you. I know we were just talking about this earlier, but you were talking about the speech that you did recently. What was how did people react to it? Um, okay, so that was basically a topic on the role of Sikh women in. Um, so it was called the Community of the Com, right? And, and exploring the role that women play in the Sikh <coughs> community. So we were given, um, you know, an opportunity to speak there, um, and we thought, okay, well, this is um, you know, a good platform to you know share our sort of personal experiences and our opinions on the matter. And uh, some of the role models that we chose to present in our slideshow, they were contemporary girls, so women who we feel are making waves in their respective fields before our very own lifetime. And some of these women included Gurinda Jajar, the director of Vendela Beckham, Bajja wow. the Beach, um, Kamal Hoti as well, who is the, um, she's in the banking sector for, what bank was it again? I think it's Lloyd's Um yeah, and Kaur, who, um, you know, she's the president of the All India Bingavar charity, which um, is a home for the destitute in Amritsar, which was founded by Bhagat Puran Singh. So quite a few we named, I think about five or six we touched on, modern so day role models. Singh as yeah. well. Yeah, so people, women to us who have done something in their field that have inspired us, but also we wanted to bring their stories to light to show anybody who can't relate to um, historical figures that, you know, as a girl, you can... There's certain achievements and accomplishments that women are making today that you can relate to. Mm. So that was the approach that we took in our in our talk. Um, and generally, there were the feedback was such that there were many um, people in the audience who felt that our views on it or the approach that we took it was quite refreshing, mm. and they did appreciate it. Unfortunately, there were also some who, let's just say, weren't fans of what we had to say. But you get that with everything. Like, yeah. You can't really please everyone. But there were a few that were kind of contesting what we were saying which is fine because it's good to have in a healthy debate um, yes. and you know in terms of the role of women what we presented um, you know to the audience that day you know was that we basically posed a question a question to, to say do we actually play a role in Sikhi it does equality actually exist in mm -hmm. practice rather um, so in theory, theory, theory everywhere. yeah we just posed that question and I'm we're not really sure that um, it, you know it went down too well because it's quite sad that a lot of people do, you know, in theory believe equality exists, you know, but we're not really implementing it on a day-to-day -day basis. So we gave a few examples that, um, you know, women, there are hardly very many sort of presidents, um, is that the word, of committees? Yeah. And, you know, um, committees in the Gurdwara. In the Gurdwaras, yeah. And when you go to the Gurdwara, most people that do the Ardas, or any sort of um, ceremony at the Gurdwara, they're men. Counterparts are done by men. Um, women have a, a weekly slot in some Gurdwaras where they do Sukhumi Sai Bhat. But other than that, they're not really visible, are they? And that's what we were putting across, that unless they're, you know, you go to the Langar Hall. That's where you see them, them, you know. And that's you know, often awesome. you'll get, when they need extra pair of hands in the Langar Hall, you get an announcement saying, are there any more bibis that can help? <laughs> Rather than, can anybody help? Mm. Are there any bibis? Are there any ladies that can help? So we still have that mindset in the Gurdwara, a place where supposedly we should be practicing the ideals of Guru Nanak um, and the, the you know principles of the faith, which are you know egalitarian principles, which we're definitely not um, implementing at all. Um, so we just gave them some food for thought, if you like. Um, Amrit Sanjar ceremony. Why are there still only five 
find you behind it. Now, some people would argue, men, men exactly, uh, five men. People would argue, okay, well, that's because how it was historically. But if we're saying we're moving forward, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be refreshing to include mm. women in that as well? You know, so. And I think, with, particularly with the Banj Biara example, as a Khalsa, um, as somebody who believes in the ideals of the Khalsa, before you see them as, as five men who stood up to give their head to Google Bin Sinji, see them as five human beings first, because that's the whole point, that we don't discriminate on anything, um, which is what gender equality is about, right? That yeah. people's um, access to rights and uh, opportunities are, they're not affected by their gender. Mm. You, you look past these things. Um, and in terms of the Ahmed Sanjar ceremony itself, historically speaking, fine, a woman can't pose as a Banjbiara, but surely she should be able to pour the, the sugar pot, so it's called mm-hmm. the into the Kanda Bata, mm. um, the steel bowl lot, the where, where the Mata Sai baby did. So why is that action not being represented of the woman pouring in the dust? So these are just some of the questions that we posed, you know, to the audience, really. You know, um, even if you look in Amritsar, um, you know, the Rabar Sai, which is the home, the holy city of the Sikhs, when the Gulgan Sai was carried out from the Akalda mm. in the early morning, three to four in the morning, it's always carried by, by men. And there's a large procession of men. There are women there, but it's largely performed by men. And you know, you will see that everywhere. Now, women are equal, equally sort of educated in Sikhi and the religion. And we'll use ourselves as an example. We learnt to read the Guru Granth Sahib. We did keep them. We have performed on the stage. We have read um, the Guru Granth Sahib on stage at parts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done Hukumnama. We've done all these things that men typically do. Um, but. I suppose, yeah, we're not really on a larger scale. Yeah. We're not seeing women represented. Um, I think in that our might community. change in the future. But since more people, young women, are getting involved into the religion and learning to read, I think that might change because when the sort of older generation are no longer there, it yeah. will be our generation who will be taking those responsibilities. Mm. So I think we will begin to see that shift probably very soon. Um, but yeah. Uh, that was something to look out for, but it, it, it should have happened by now. It's 2017 and it hasn't, and that's quite worrying. Absolutely. I think it's it's actually more, it's nothing to do with the religion itself, because obviously Sikhi, you know, listeners out there, I'm actually Sikh um, anyway, and it's nothing to do with the religion itself. It's actually to do with the culture of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's, you know... You know, fine line between the two, but they often get merged, and yeah. people then they, they can't differentiate what's religion and what's culture. You know, and a lot of cultural practices have found their way into the same yeah. faith, and that's why you know a lot of people they they grow up seeing okay, there's a man who who's the priest and the man who's performing the um, traditional um, ceremonies in the gurdwara. So maybe that's just the way it was meant to be. Well, no, it, it was not meant to be that way. It's, for anybody, a child who's capable of reading Bart should be able to read the Bart. It's, it's not based on, you know, your gender or your age. It's can you or can you not do it, as, as far as we're concerned? Yeah, yeah, what we find quite interesting is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who've been to seek camps can relate to this. When you're younger and you go to these camps, or even in your own home when you're told stories, like, for example, our mother told us bedtime stories of my father, you go to these camps and you learn of these brave hmm. historical women who were you know, breaking those boundaries and mm. being on par with their male counterparts. Yeah. We've, we've been fed these stories, but what for? If you can't actually practice can't it see in the place where you're you. supposed to, if you can't, yeah, it's, it's, if it's not, not visible yeah. in our day-to-day life, what good is that story? I mean, it, does it just serve as a bedtime story then? Surely it should have more beyond that, but it doesn't. And that's 
that that worries us. Mm. Um, and you know, in in our in our talk that we had, the last slide that we finished on was on. Well, if you look to New Mexico, there is a group of Sikhs called 3HO, so that's the Happy, Happy Healthy at Home organization, Yogi Bhajan, and in the 70s, I believe. Yes. And the, yes. the members of that particular organization, they are American, white Americans mm. um, who embrace Sikhi. And you see the women who embrace Sikhi performing on Medicine Jar ceremony. You see them leading the congregation yeah. on a Sunday, um, doing Adas, Hukum Nama, and posing as a Panjabiara as well. And why is that the case? Because they're not from a Punjabi culture. They're not influenced by their culture. They have purely embraced the people, what it is, what it's supposed to be. And that, for us, is like a little beacon of hope that they're doing it now. And if that was to spread on large scale, then we can truly say that Sikhi is being practiced for what it's meant to be. Um, but they are they are a little beacon of hope in New Mexico. So yeah, they're definitely doing it. So flying yeah. the flag for us. They are flying the, the flag. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sounds like there needs to be some form of merging with them or something in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone should go to New Mexico, right? <laughs> nice holiday as well. <laughs> yeah, there's also a lot of a, there's a big trend in LA as well, actually, that yes. follow as well. Um, I think also what's her name, Nick, Alicia Keys, Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon, Cannon well. the few celebrities yes. are kind of catching up on this. Yes. Um, and influence. Uh, sorry, influence, being influenced by the Fiesta organization. And I think one of them won an award at the Grammys for was it best spiritual album? Oh um, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I forgot her name though. But that, what does that show you that you know? And it was a woman's album. Um, mm. If we're more inclusive like that and more open-minded, you know. It's, it's it's growing and you know people are becoming more aware of what our faith is because even today this day and age sometimes i'm in the workplace and people haven't heard of what sick is they say oh are you hindu and you're like no i'm sick and they're like oh we've never heard of that mm. so you know it's nice to know that it's um it's becoming known in, in, in the wider circles it was interesting you said about that the female it was a female's album I don't know about mm. you guys yourself, but when you were growing up, when you listened to um, Sikhi tapes or cassettes, uh-huh, yes, it was yeah. all men. Yeah, all men, yeah. Um, so just right. to go back to the album, I think it was a man and a woman, um, but oh. I, I specifically remember there being an interview led by the woman, so I'm not sure if she had the like, major part to play, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's uh, such a great example. All these tapes and CDs that yeah. you could buy, they were all ragis, they were all men, right? Mm. And there are women that are doing kirtan. And another thing, no woman mm. has ever been allowed or will ever be allowed to do kirtan at their bar at the Golden Temple. What is that about? Really? And it's, oh, they're, not they're not allowed to do yeah. it. So what are we saying when we're saying, oh, but we... We practice our religion all about equality, and it's like mm. no, it can't surely can't. Be. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the Sikh channel or one of the other You've channels. Never seen that are a woman do Gisden, and then. even yeah. So aside from the fact that we aren't allowed to do Gisden, it's not encouraged, or whether there's rule on it, I don't quite know, but we don't see it. Even behind the ruggies, there's that little spot where some of the congregation can sit. They're all men. Mm. The women aren't allowed to sit behind it. And the thing is. Just to go on, on that point, um, we have questioned this as we were growing up and we were told that culturally, and that comes back into play again, um, it wasn't accepted for women to sit around men or be near them because of the, you know, um, what's the, word the possibility for? that somebody might be, um, you know, eyeing lusting lust, <laughs> eyes, if you like, mm. um, you know, because men sometimes aren't able to, and, and women as well, you know, sort of control themselves, it goes both ways. So um, that's why you'll see men and women sitting separately at the Gurdwara because I remember when we were very young and we had a school trip to the Gurdwara and 
one child asked, why do the men and women sit separately? And it was a question that I'd never asked myself. Going to the world every day, yeah, <laughs> actually, why do we sit separately when we say we're equal? Mm. But the funny thing is that um, we've now, like many years later, we're able to research into this and found out that actually, um, many, many centuries ago, the women and men used to sit in a mixed congregation. Really? And if you go, yeah, and if you go to some Gurdwara now in India, there is one. They, they, there's no, I'm not sure which one it is, but they don't sit separately. They're, it's mixed. Um, and this is a whole like another debate yeah. in terms of how the British came and you know they kind of molded some of the Gurdwara to to look like the church um, and the inside. But that's a whole different topic of it. You could be in it all day. Um, but as a, as someone who's not in born into the faith, like um, you know our our peer from our school who noticed why do you sit separately that I'm sure that's crossed a lot of people's minds when you say that your religion is based on men and women being the same people the same it clearly isn't to the outside an example that men lead um, in in that sphere in, in Sikhi so when we used to sing on stage St. Kirsten um, you know the stage is always on the side where the men sit right yes and the reason why we actually asked Aganiji this, he said, why is that the case? And his answer was this, that when men sing the, the Gitan, they don't want to sing in front of women because what? they don't want to feel intimidated that all these women are staring at them. <laughs> so then we said, well, we're singing and we're singing in front of, we're singing in front of men. We, we probably feel the same as well. Not to say that we did, but there are the women that probably do feel that. You know, that maybe they're not paying attention to what is being sung, they're just checking the girl out on the stage who's singing, right? That's a possibility. Um, but the reason why that's not, the stage is uh, where the Keithan is performed is not on the lady's side, it's because men predominantly perform the Keithan. Mm. And going back to uh, historically, um, in the bar side, there's paintings to show this as well, that the stage used to face... Um, Guru Granth Sahib Ji. As in like, when you sing, it's, it's to your Guru, yeah. not to the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. So this model, how we see it today, it's been influenced uh, largely. There are some, like, like non-exil Gurdwara, I know in Southwell, the um, Ragis face the Guru Granth yes, Sahib not they they so There are some places which yeah. still practice that, but largely on the whole, um, like a supplement said, we can go into this about how the British influenced the sort of structure there's actually a book that's a public but if anybody's interested there is a book that that really goes into this beautifully it's a beautifully designed book and explains it a lot better than we can it's called um the website is gt1588 so it's, it's the golden temple, golden temple and then 1588 so gt1588.com some beautiful illustrations from what it, you know it, the bar type was like hundreds of Hundred years ago, over hundred years ago, and you can actually see paintings of and pictures as well. Uh, yeah, photographs um, as well of men and women sitting together. So that's wow, ocular proof. And so I think there's a picture in there of like a cow roaming with a bodhikarma. Yeah, <laughs> because the Darbar side, the Amritsar, uh, the city, and um, you know the Golden Temple, it, it, it was open. You know, it was it was such it, that it, it kind of opened onto the city, onto the town, city, yeah. or the city itself, right? Um, wow. It was not closed off like it is now. So of course, things change over time in history. But if anyone really wants to have a look, um, we, we highly recommend that book. And it's beautifully designed as well. So yeah, check, check that one out. It's also interesting when you did say that. Why do we sit separately? We also sit separately mm -hmm. whilst eating in the Langar Hall. I haven't seen, haven't that, seen in that in our, yeah. the we attend, but well, um, I think sometimes when, white, when Marshall, people, yeah. some people, they, if they see women sitting there on man, they, they won't be inclined to sit next to them. Again, that's a, a cultural, cultural thing, thing, isn't it? It's yeah. not something that mm. women can't sit together, but yeah. um, 
it's it's I think it's just people's own personal choice as opposed to a religious okay from a religious point of view. yeah they, they in that moment they are being directed by their cultural conscience mm-hmm. so they say to themselves well we can command all the women to feel a certain way maybe it's all sorts of things really so yeah maybe it's that fear that they don't want to be seen as somebody who's lecherous I don't know if that's the right term to use <laughs> you know in, in a gurdwara or yeah well, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quick. I can't believe it's... Gosh, has it? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Quite <laughs> I'm glad um, you're having fun. I'm glad you're talking about equality. <laughs> um, my last two questions is, where can my listeners find you? Uh, they can find us on our blog, which is um, grewaltwins.com. G-R-E-W-A-L for Lima, twins.com. And there's like links there to um, yeah. our Instagram page, which basically we are addicted to Instagram so our handles are so my one is Sukman S-U-K-H-M-A-N underscore very well twins and then her news is my name H-E-R-N-O-O-R underscore very well twins so we mainly use Instagram um, for social media Facebook not so much so they can find us there or on our blog and we also have a YouTube channel and if you just type very well twins on there you can find our music Monday um, segment on there as well and um that's um, videos, vlogs rather, that's been recorded leading up to my wedding where we've explained a lot of these cultural things yeah. as well. So you can check that out wow. for more details. Perfect. And what are you both grateful for? I love oh, this wow. question. <laughs> these are the kind of questions that make us our souls feel happy. Can I just say, before, before we go and explain what makes us grateful, today I put up a video on my Instagram about oh, yeah. gratitude. So my mum made a little <laughs> and I, I recorded that and I wrote grateful and if you don't believe me you can go check it out right now <laughs> so that is like we are vibing and I love, absolutely love that um, so grateful. this is such a good question um, lots of things um, but I think so we'll answer them separately. yeah so, I, so I'll, I'll go best this time so the things that I'm grateful for every day I have to remind myself that no matter if something's not working in my life be at work or with a relationship whatever I'm able-bodied, I have eyes, I'm not dependent on anybody, I have hands at work, um, you know, I'm breathing and I'm alive. You know, the, the basic things that we overlook every single day, I've got a family, I've got a roof over my head, I've got running water. These things I'm grateful for um, and that each day, you know, I've got another chance to live, another chance to, to see another day. So just basic things really. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that as well. I mean, you know, when you're sick and you're feeling you know, your body feels broken, that's when you feel, you know what, I've, I've taken my health for granted. Mm. So I, I'm i very grateful for my breath that I have, mm. that, you know, sustains me every day. And um, something that I do to, you know, practice that gratitude, um, you know, in the mornings I'm getting ready for work, anywhere. once I got myself ready, I always do this before I leave the house, I will sit for five minutes and I'll just do some deep breathing and I will just remind myself of how grateful that I am to have woken up to see another day. That's just something I've been doing for the last two years. Um, and I feel, I put my hand on my stomach, I have my heart, and I feel you know, my chest rising and my breath. And I remind myself, as long as this is moving, as long as I am breathing, I can do anything. And, you know, it's such a blessing to have this physical body, to experience everything and to be loved as well, you know? And I give that love, receive that love, and to, to be alive. It's... Um, one of the biggest treasures. Oh, I love those. Those, oh, you're going to make me cry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> um, guys, it's been...
<laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure guys having you on the show and just thank you for sharing your Good. story and just being you you know you both being real to yourselves and you're be, being oh. true and that's the most important thing that we that we need in this life really yeah thank you for having us on your show and for allowing us to share um, a snippet of our, our selves I guess yeah yeah Thank you. God oh, bless you guys. We'll definitely get you back on the show. There's so many other topics that we can so talk many. about. Just, so many. Just scratch the surface. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> bless you guys. Well, take care and I'll, I'll speak to you oh, soon. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Bye. Wow, what an amazing interview with Sukman and Hunun. Guys, they definitely know what they're talking about when it comes to women's rights and just equality in general. It's so important that in this day and age that we're living in, that it is fair that we are being treated fairly. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget you can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with GERDS on Instagram. And you can also find me on Twitter at I am GERDS, bringing you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and tips about life. Also, you can check out my book, which is called Educo on Amazon. It's E-D-U-C-O, and it's 52 quotes for leading a better life. This week, I want to leave you with this quote. Any woman can be a mother, but it takes a badass mum to be a dad too. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye.